congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and special guest, Kayla Saxon, the queen of new releases. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. So, Kayla. Yes. I'm looking for uh, for stocking stuffers today. Uh-huh. And one of the things that keeps coming up on my, <laughs> I think, remember when I, you remember when I sent that uh, Facebook message, Facebook message about the chocolate anus. Yes, <laughs> it keeps suggesting the chocolate anus to me. Nope. Just the anus, not any other chocolate body parts. Nope, just the anus. No, no chocolate penises or chocolate vaginas. Just chocolate assholes. No you got to be careful what you Google, because that stuff stays with you forever. It does. And it pops up randomly. Yeah. Um, I can imagine my husband using my computer and <laughs> why is this suggesting chocolate anuses to you? Is there something I don't know? <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I have a whole life you don't know about, honey. Okay. Hello. Hey, book girls. Hey. hey. Laura, right? This is Laura. Yay! Welcome. Thank you. So excited to talk to you. <laughs> well, happy Sunday morning. Sorry to make you get, you know, presentable for this phone call. <laughs> she doesn't have to be presentable. She may be sitting in pajama pants uh, with some bedhead. Pajama pants. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> yep, I am. Do you have bedhead? <laughs> you got bedhead going on? Of course I do. Yay! I'm a toddler, though, so I've been up for many hours. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Toddlers will do that. <laughs> they do. <laughs> how, how old is your uh, child? Um, the youngest one is almost two and a half. And then I also have a 15-year-old. Whoa, girl. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> well, one, was my, yeah, one, one was my early in life baby. And then my, uh, my second one was kind of my like average in life baby. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Midlife crisis baby. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay, maybe not quite midlife, but you know. Well, she's, she said young. Young. She's young when she <laughs> yeah. started. So she's she. This is like the normal, normal age baby. Normal time. Yep. Yep. So almost two and a half. Christ. Yep. He's a busy guy. Whoa. We 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 dealt with that, and uh, I'm, I'm just saying that 21 is much better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but they you can sleep independently. <laughs> but you've got the worst of both worlds, a toddler yes. and a teenager. Yes, mm. they're very similar in terms of see, like, I, development. <laughs> see, I was saying that too. I was saying you can predict how well your child is going to behave when he's a teenager based on what he's like as a toddler. Yes, I think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Because my son went through his second toddlerhood about the time he hit 16. Yeah, it's very similar. It is. Only instead of throwing a fit and, you know, throwing themselves on the floor and their face turning red, they break your fucking closet doors. Yes. So yep. if you yep. have if you have hollow, hollow <laughs> core doors, just replace them now. Really, seriously. <laughs> it, it's not worth the splinters that you have to clean out of your carpet later. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Kayla, speak up. You're being mute over there. 
She you just, have two boys. She's just sitting there smiling. <laughs> you get, go ahead. I didn't have that problem with Tyler. Yeah, that's true. Tyler was very... But you know what? Tyler was a great toddler also. I mean, he was not the kind of kid who was like birth control. He was like the one that you wanted to have a baby hmm. because he was just so... Kayla's just worried. That's what her problem is. What, what were your boys like when they were toddlers? <sighs> oh. Okay. I think, good, huh? We just totally freaked her out, Laura. <laughs> she's she's going to crawl underneath the desk, fetal position. <laughs> just let me know when it's over. <laughs> um, my 10-year-old was a little hellion. But oh. I mean, he he still has the same attitude now. He's ten. He hasn't even hit teenage years. So woof. <laughs> is he the one that has your look, or is that the yes. younger one? Yeah. yeah, the younger one. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, her mini me is the older one. Right, but um, what's your oh the, the facial, mean look? Yeah. Oh, the mean. Yeah. I'm talking about Ooh. her. She's hungry, and you're not fucking sitting as at a table look. Oof. Yeah, that's him. Like the one that she gave the chilies lady that one time. Man, Laura, that's scary. Yeah, well, I would say, though, with a toddler, at least he'll give me some snuggles. Aww. So it kind of offsets the like, teenager. Like, they don't they do not do that anymore. Oh, no, I'm sad. <laughs> I don't know. Tyler was still trying yeah. to sit at my, on my lap at 15. <laughs> Rub my back. Play with my hair. Must be nice. Well, I had a coworker tell me, if you like your kids when they're 12, you'll like them again when they're 22. So. <laughs> well, I like mine again at 21. At, okay. at 16, I was seriously ready to send him to freaking military school. Yeah, it is a tough age. Yeah, it sure. is. 16, 17, and 18 were really rough. <laughs> and then now he's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Sniff. You wouldn't know what we were talking about right before we talked to you, based on no. this conversation. We were talking about... <laughs> we were talking about... What happens when you, uh, when you click on certain your Google uh, searches, Google searches, or if you click on something on Facebook, like one day, you know, I like to make my girls laugh, so I send them really inappropriate <laughs> private messages. <laughs> so I don't know how long ago was that. It was a while was ago. Like eight months ago, I sent them a little. Um, just a little message about this company that makes molded chocolate anuses. How do they get those molds? That's <laughs> right. the scary part. I Why? Know. I know, right? What, what kind of ad do you have to take out to find those models? <laughs> I'm looking for some ass models. I need to take some moldings. So do you put silicone on that? Or what very, do you do? Oh, maybe it's the same kind like they do for your... For your teeth when you get braces. <laughs> <laughs> they just spread the cheeks and squirt it. <laughs> yeah, that's what we were talking about on Sunday morning. Because this actually, awesome. hap- this actually happened to me yesterday when I was, um, <laughs> I was Googling stocking stuffers. And that came up on my search. A little ad for that came up on my computer. I think we should yeah, go back. You never purchased them. So. No, no, I did not. <laughs> and it knows that, that I showed an interest. <laughs> maybe, maybe she did purchase it, and she's just not telling us. Seriously, do you think I would not tell? Do they you? come in dark chocolate? That's the question. Then I will know the answer. 
<laughs> I did not look that closely. Okay. <laughs> Need me some dark chocolate. But you're right. Man. But you're absolutely right. I would never have ordered them if they only came in milk chocolate because right. I don't like milk chocolate. Same. Yay! I yep. I'm dark chocolate all the way. High five, Laura. <laughs> okay. Well, I suppose we really should ask you the most pertinent questions right off the bat. Of course. Did you like the goldfinch? Okay, so I am afraid to read the goldfinch because I'm afraid I'm not going to like it, and uh, it is such an investment. So, yep, you're right. It is an investment. Kayla hasn't read it either. Um, I'm reading it since what? January. I just haven't finished it. <laughs> she started reading it in January, so I think you have your answer. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Um, yeah, I worry it would take me that long. Yeah. It's, it's really not for everyone. We used to re, be pretty judgy about it, but we've we've walked it back a little <laughs> bit. A little. We've had to, you know. We've had to be more accepting of lots of things since starting this podcast. But I like it. I mean, just the fact that we have a romance girl on here this shows the growth of Martha in this podcast. I have grown. My ass has also grown proportionately. <laughs> She's all about the asses today. Our whole drive up here was all about the butts. I'm not going to... Uh, I'm No. I'm not going there. I'm not going to have that it's conversation. It's all about the base. <laughs> no treble. <laughs> no, and, and Vonnie, what has she been doing all morning? She's been making up her own lyrics. <laughs> That's what I do. I make up lyrics to songs. Just let's, oh, hear, okay. let's hear your songwriting skills, Vonnie. I remember this the fat song that I was singing the other day. Okay, it was okay. off of Super Freak. It was, I'm super fat, super fat. I'm just a fatty Woo! now. Chomp, 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 chomp. <laughs> I'm super fat, super fat. I'm just a fatty. That's my Chex Mex eating song. Chomp, 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 chomp. I think we should like have that be a three book girls. That's like the Thanksgiving song. Theme. Yeah, it is. Everybody right? puts their fat pants on. So exactly. I'm super fat, super fat. I'm just a fatty. If it's a Thanksgiving song, though, I got to work pumpkin pie in there somewhere. Okay, well. Because, you know, I'll, I'll work on it. Let me think about it. Okay, that. all right. We'll check back with you on our Christmas pie edition to that song. Mmm, <laughs> pie. <laughs> right I back think out. She, I think she missed her calling. I think Taylor Swift would be no competition for this woman's <laughs> song lyrics. Except I can't sing. <laughs> That's the only problem. You can make money writing songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my songs are stupid. Like you the other day, make money. when I Have ate you heard the radio? too much bread, it was uh, something about being fat. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you from? <laughs> uh, from Minnesota, if you can't tell by the accent. Woo! Uh, I feel like it gets thicker as I get older. <laughs> where, where in Minnesota are you from? So I'm from um, the Twin Cities. So I'm just east of St. Paul. Cool. And do you live there still? Yep, yep. Born and raised. Um, went to school here, went to college here, and started my family here. So, yeah. Sweet. Minnesota girl. Sweet. <laughs> I, I vacation in Minnesota every single year. Yeah, I saw yep. that. Yep. You, um, Park Rapids. Pre- yeah, really close by one of our family friends' cabins over in Walker. Oh, yeah. Walker's very close. Yeah. Walker Bemidji. Yep. Yes. So are you a fan of jello salad and casseroles? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> How about lefsa? Do you like lefsa? Um, I've never made lefsa. I um I think it would be fine. 
The one that I'm not open to trying to is Ludafis. Ludafis is... is yeah. Isn't that so that fish gross. one? Yeah, it's like... it's like, ferm- I don't think it's fermented, but it's, it, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's fish, like, cooked in lye. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, it, the lye preserves it. It's very Scandinavian. We have um, a very, a lot of, very like, large Scandinavian heritage up here. But yeah, yeah. I would not do Ludafis. I just know that I saw it on one of those um, weird those shows where they eat weird things. Yeah, they were talking about it. That's the only reason I even know what it is. I had to look up Lefsa. I'll just let you know right now. <laughs> Lefsa is actually kind of delicious. It looks delicious. It's like a, it's like a tortilla kind of, except for not. But it's yeah, made with potatoes. Pancake. Yeah, it's like a, and then you put butter and sugar on it or something. I mean, butter and sugar makes everything better. Yeah. What would you show us in the Twin Cities if we came to visit you? Well, of course, Mall of America. Uh huh. Um, I've been to Mall of America <laughs> frequently. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, we've got an amazing art scene up here and amazing theater scene. So I think we are like the second. Um, like next to New York, we have the most theaters per capita. Really? Um, yeah. Have the most what? So theater. A lot of theaters. theaters. Okay. Yeah, like um, so we have a lot of shows that come to town. Um, let's see what else. We've got a really cool sculpture garden at the Walker Art Museum. So Walker is more of a like contemporary art museum. So we have like the big spoon and cherry statue. Oh, uh, yeah. So pretty cool. Yeah. I've always wanted to visit, and I, I usually just don't give myself enough time when I'm there because I've actually been there every year for the past, I don't know, maybe four or five summers because I end up flying home. Yeah, so yep, I come to, I, right there. Yeah, so I come to Minneapolis to fly home. <laughs> we drive up and then I fly home, mostly because, you know, I got to go back to work. These girls are just getting patient without me. Yeah, that's a long drive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is a long drive. I don't mind it so much. I actually enjoy, you know, spending time with my husband and my son. But, man, it just gets hard when it, you're trying yeah. to make up all that work. Yeah. Make up yeah. work. And, and then your husband usually stays up a little longer. He than does. He do. wants to stay. And he's retired. So I'm not going to take off three weeks to go hang out at his family farm. Like I used to have to all those years. It's an excuse. She's like, oh, no, honey, I can't. I'm busy. I wish I could. The podcast can't run without me. I need to go home. Well, we don't do the podcast without you. I know. That's usually when we have to um, we have Overload. to pre-record. Yeah. We right. have to time travel. Yeah. yeah. And that's when she gives us like a week notice. Oh, by the way, you need to have three books read by Sunday. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I actually did that right right before our last live event. I was like, well, we're going to have so many people in town. Let's just let's just bang these out. Let's just do these right away. They're like, I have to have three books? What? She, she forgets that normal people don't read 10 books a week. I don't read 10 a week. It's Seven. only eight. That's Come still on. more than most people. Listen, <laughs> I read maybe two a week. That's about it. Sometimes three, if they're short. Mm-hmm. Kayla's just, How many books are you going to hit this year? Um, I'm well over what my plan was. I was doing 175 just to be safe. I think you're at what, 208? 209. 209. Wow. Yeah, because I banged out another one yesterday. 
She banged it out. I banged that baby out. Boy, was it Sounds good. Sounds like she's on <laughs> swiping right. Woo! Swipe right, swipe left. It's, she's a Tinder of book reading. I am. I actually swiped left <laughs> twice yesterday. I started two of them and went, no, nah, I don't think so. It doesn't take much for her to lose interest. No, doesn't. Like, is this a milk chocolate? No. <laughs> I'm it's done with dark. you. It's got to be dark chocolate. Done with you. So what's your favorite bookstore? Do you have a good one? I do. Okay, so it's actually a kid's bookstore. And they have like a small adult section. But the bookstore is called Wild Rumpus. Actually, I've and heard of Wild Rumpus. Are you the one that told me about I Wild am. Rumpus? Yeah, yeah. So they have um, they have animals in their bookstore, which is amazing. Um, so they have a couple of cats that roam around. And the cats are just so sweet. My toddler went up to one Aww. and the cat didn't even flinch, which like toddlers are super scary. Yeah. Um, and I think most cats would run for the hills, but their cats are super chill. Uh, they have a chicken. They have um, a <laughs> chicken. Yep. Yep. And that one is not like that one's a free range. Like it walks around the store. Um, and then in cages or like, I don't Yeah, I guess a cage. They have, um, we do have a tarantula. Uh, and then they have a couple of rats who are named after the, um, the characters in A Wrinkle in Time. Aww. Uh, and then a couple of birds. Yeah, it's, um, it's super cute, super fun. Yeah, I need to make time the next time I am in town to go visit those places. My husband yeah. was very uncooperative when I suggested we go to bookstores. <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't want to go uh, to the bookstore? <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to drop you off at the hotel and go back to the lake. Like, great, fine, I'll take an Uber. Any chance you can go in the next week and take some pictures at your bookstore and send them along? Oh, maybe. I can make time. Well, that'd be yeah. cool because we'll put you up. We'll put you up on yeah. the... Take on plenty the... of time because my computer is not running right now. <laughs> my charger doesn't come in until the 21st. Vonnie got robbed. Yeah, my apartment got broke into. Oh, no. Yeah, last that happened. Week. Was it last week? Yeah. Last Monday. Oh, my God. They did it when I was at work. My apartment complex called me and said, your door is kicked in. Oh, no. I'm like, yeah, can you believe that shit? It was, it, that sucked. In the middle of the day. In the, yeah, because she, she went home to walk the dog at about 1. It's about one thirty, And then she went back to work, and by 3, they called her. Yeah, because so my know, neighbor comes home at 3. So you know that guy was waiting. Yeah. He was watching her. Well, I mean, everybody on that side of the apartment complex has gone to work at that time. So there's no cars parked at all parked in our little, you know, section. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, she got robbed. But they, they didn't mess computer. with my dog. Took yeah. my piece of shit TV and my broken computer <laughs> that doesn't even work unless you have it plugged into the wall. Yeah. The so, jokes on so, them. Yeah. So yeah. it was a sort of a ha 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 fucker. Well, that <laughs> and a broken computer. Yeah. You can you can go into your Microsoft account and disable the computer so that it won't work for anybody else. Where it just completely locks it, where they can't even get onto the internet. So unless they're going to part it out, they're not going to get any money out of that thing. Then I don't know how much they're going to get for parts. How not old was anymore. it? Oh shit! It was like, <laughs> it, was like <laughs> it was like ten years old anyway. I think I got it for Tyler when he was fifteen. So there you go. And he's twenty-one now. Mm. So so. Yeah. She, long story short, she didn't have a computer yet. So yeah, been without a computer for. Um, <sighs> Who's going to update the website if Vonnie can't do it? Not me. Gotten a lot of crocheting. Not it. So, uh, we usually give people a choice, Laura. 
would you prefer to do your review and hang up and then just wait for the rest of the things to follow? You can be surprised. Or would you like to stay on the line for the whole thing? Um, I think I will do my review and then hang up to let it be a surprise. Sweet. Awesome. That way we can talk about you and you won't know until a couple of weeks. We'll slag you off in in secret. We would never. Your Minnesota people are so nice. You know, that's one of the things I like about yeah, it. Rose Nyland. She's from Minnesota. I, I mean, I love Rose. So I guess we can get on with the show then. Um, yeah. Laura, why don't you fill us in on what you're going to review? All right. I am going to review Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. Ooh. Yeah. Both Kayla and I are freaking out right now. We're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so what? what? So I'm good. still on hold for it. So, okay, it's, go ahead. I would say, like, for sure, on my top five list for best book I've read this <gasps> year. Yeah. Um, but I will say, though, like, you have to stick it out through the first, like, at least the first 100 pages because um, Lee Bardugo just dives right into the story and it's a little bit hard to follow until you kind of get acclimated to the story. Um, So the uh, ninth house is, I would categorize it as a paranormal mystery. So maybe a little bit scary if you're easily spooked, but definitely not a horror book by any stretch, but it's a little weird, which is weird is good. Yep. Weird is good. I like weird. Uh, so it begins with the main character. So her name's Alex. Um, Alex, short for Galaxy, uh, <laughs> which is also weird. Yep. Uh, so it begins with her hiding out in a safe house. And you don't really know why, but she um, has gone through all of the food in the house and is kind of laying low, um, trying to keep safe from you're not really sure what. So then it, the story flashes back to the fall of the prior year, and you find out that Alex was recruited by Yale's Ninth Secret Society to kind of keep watch over the other um, eight, they're called Houses of the Veil. So I would say part of the challenge of this book is there's a ton of jargon related to the secret societies of Yale um, and, like, trying to acclimate yourself to the Yale geography. So it takes place on the Yale campus and there's a map in the beginning. So it's kind of constantly flipping back and forth between the map and the definitions of all of the secret societies. Um, That sounds really super complicated. It is a little bit complicated. So like give it, give it a hundred pages. How about uh, audio? Do you think audio would work in audio? I think it would work in audio. I think it would. All right. Okay. So Alex uh, is kind of keeping watch over the eight houses of, um, of Yale because they perform secret occult rituals. So that's kind of the like, oh, okay, like this, this makes it really, really interesting. So all of the different secret societies have a different like occult practice that um, they do different rituals on. So she's kind of keeping watch and making sure no one gets killed or harmed um, in like all of the rituals that these secret societies perform. Mm. So then you also find out that Alex can see ghosts uh, in the, in the book, they refer to them as of the grave. So she can see ghosts, which um, kind of puts her at a unique advantage to kind of keep watch over all of the secret societies. 
Um, and so one day when she is observing one of the rituals and making sure that no one ends up dead, she comes across a murder scene and she starts investigating it. And she thinks it might be connected to one of the eight secret societies, but she can't really figure out um, how to tie it all together. So the book really centers around this mystery of a student has been murdered um, she thinks one of the eight secret societies has had something to do with it, and she has to kind of put all of the evidence together to kind of prove that something um, has gone awry with all of mm. the, the secret societies. Um, so it's definitely a complicated book, um, complicated plot line. There's a couple of other, like, sub-mysteries going on. Um, and then again, just all of the jargon related to Yale and the secret societies. But overall, uh, like awesome book. I gave it five stars on Goodreads. Mm. It's um, definitely, definitely weird. Uh, we'll say trigger warning for sexual assault and homicide survivors. So if that is something that is not um, not something you prefer to read about, just so you're aware that um, Alex is a trauma survivor. So that does come into play in some of the plot lines as well. Hmm. Cool. Actually, yeah. it totally sounds like something I would read. Yeah, I think it's a Martha book. I think uh, Jessica would also like it. Um, it is, so the author is primarily, she does YA fantasy, but this is her first adult uh, age range book. And I think she did an amazing job. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I've been on hold for it because it sounded like something I would. It for some reason I'm sitting here thinking magic for liars. Did you read that one? I didn't read that one. Yeah, no. it it kind of has a similar vibe. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would compare it like similar vibe if you've read Library at Mount Char. Oh, I that loved Library weird. at Mount yeah, Char. Yeah, so oh. like similar weird. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever reviewed that on this podcast, but I totally should have because I loved that book. Boy, was it yeah, dark. Yeah, that one too. Man, it was dark. It was so weird. weird. Yes, it was. <laughs> I loved it. I thought I was just, man, I wish we could talk for like a year about all of our books, Laura. I think you and I are book buddies. I think we are book buddies. Well, maybe the next time I come to Minneapolis, we can meet and have coffee and talk books. Yeah, that would be amazing. You can meet at that store? Yes. And then go yeah. find a coffee shop. And pet the chicken. Yes. <laughs> you could come to my house. I have five chickens. You want to hold one? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little sketchy on holding chickens. I got pecked as a child. <laughs> I got chased by a banty rooster as a child. <laughs> so you'll pet the cock, but not hold the cock. Yeah. <laughs> Loaded question. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Loaded. Oh, Bonnie, oh, you made her blush. <laughs> that's one for the books. That's a hard thing to do. I know. Okay, so give us the uh, title and artist of your book again. Yeah, so that's Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. I can't believe you got through that name, too. I. I know. <laughs> I'm like, what? I have no idea if I'm saying it correctly, but that's what I'm going with. But you said it with confidence. That's what counts. See, that's why I always say that's to Vani, right. I make her go back and do it again until she can get the confidence in her voice, and then I cut out all the other stuff. Uh, yep, make it till you make it. <laughs> that's right. Make it till you make it. See, I told you this was my girl here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that phrase, actually.
Well, Laura, you did a great job. Thanks. It was awesome talking to you all. What's your last name? Lambert. Laura Lambert. Okay. Just want to make sure we got that in there, too, if you wanted it. Do you want your last name in there? Sure. Okay. Well, I hope you plan to share this with all of your friends. I will. It was awesome. I mean, I probably won't read that book. <laughs> Vonnie's because not- I am not a, fan- a fantasy. No, Vonnie won't like it. Like I'm logic. Reading, I'm going to read Kayla's it. Kayla's going to read it anyway. Which She's- actually surprises me because you're yeah. not a huge fantasy person, yeah. are but you? you know, I like Game of Thrones. Yeah, and occasionally. I like that dark, bloody type. Battle. I, don't, I don't want the... You don't want. I mean, I you like don't Harry want Potter, but I don't want. And, no, I don't. Unicorns no. and fairies. No, unicorns and rainbows <laughs> no. for you. I mean, I got Ninth House through my Book of the Month subscription. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right, Laura. We'll let you get back to your toddler. Yeah. <laughs> you poor thing. Yes, uh, I, know. <laughs> I know it's going to be a long day. Napping today. <laughs> well, have a lovely rest of the day. All right. Sweet. Nice talking to you all. Have a wonderful day, Laura. We'll talk to you later. You too. All Bye. right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. She was fun. She was fun. Kayla, you're so quiet over there. People can't hear it when you shake your head. Yes, they can. You have to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> how can we haze you if you don't respond? It's that huge this, bun on the top of your I hair. That's how I survived basic training because I kept my mouth shut. They can't say anything. They don't have anything to go off of. You know, that explains a lot. I keep forgetting that you're a former military personnel. Mm -hmm. Were you in the Army? No, ma'am. Air Force Reserve. Air Force Reserve. Weekend warrior. That's that's kind of sexy. You know, she could probably kick our ass. (laughs) She wouldn't have to be a weekend warrior to kick my ass. (laughs) (laughs) The only hope I'd have to be is to fall on top of her, and then she wouldn't be able to get back up. Shift! Shift it! Shift it! I can't move! Uh, All right. Well, I guess we better move along. Huh? Huh? Yes. Okay. Okay. Let it go. What am I letting go? Your review. Oh, you know, as I in, thought you meant like something was bothering me. Like, let it go. Go to your review. I'm like, I'm not. Mad no, that's about not what I meant. Kayla I meant, kicking I meant my let her rip. Believe me, I'm not going to take that Snickers away from her. She'll throat punch me. I'll be down for the count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that violent, guys. <laughs> well, I am, but. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you talking about? We know what you're like when you're hungry. You're dangerous. Speaking of which, we will feed you afterwards. So just eat your Snickers. <laughs> Why'd you commit the crime? They said they were going to feed me. <laughs> Listen, officer, I need to I need to plead temporary insanity. I was really hungry was at hungry. the time. And somebody said something about a donut and didn't give me one. So that's why I had to run him over with my car. Oof. Several times. <laughs> and back, back up. She's got that shit planned out in advance. <laughs> okay, so my book was not a fantasy. I read one that was recommended to us from the event that we did a while back. I'm still trying to catch up on all my recommendations. And uh, this one was called The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. 
I don't know if I'd really class this as like a historical fiction. There was some mention of historical events, but it's not like a war novel or anything like that. So um, it's about a girl who's 13 and her family decides to move to Alaska. Not just Alaska, rural Alaska that doesn't have any kind of running water or electricity. And she's 13? And she's 13. Oof. Right. Sounds like a horror novel. <laughs> well, it would be a horror novel to me. And me. Because I would not ever survive living in Alaska. Especially after reading this book, I'd be like, oh, hell no. I'd like to go visit, but not, at least not live in that kind. I'm sure there's places... I mean, I know people who live in Alaska and they have electricity. So, <laughs> but um, the father, Ernt, is a prisoner of war survivor from the Vietnam War. And so he has a lot of issues going on with um, post-traumatic stress syndrome. And after he comes back from the war, he is very much changed. He's very moody. It doesn't take much to trigger his anger. He's abusive. And he wasn't any of these things before the war happened, before he went off to fight in the war. Um, The 13-year-old girl, Lenny, she is a little socially awkward. She's got a very weird, not great family life happening. And Ernst can't keep a job he keeps losing his job so they're poor on top of everything else and this is when after he loses his last job is when he decides screw it we're all moving to Alaska and so he buys a Volkswagen van and they all drive up to Alaska to live and they were not prepared whatsoever to live in Alaska. So they struggled a lot the first year, but the community that they moved into was very, very, very tight knit and very much about helping out their neighbors. So they had a lot of help when they very first got there because the cabin that they moved into needed a lot of work. They didn't have any kind of gardens. They didn't have any, any food prepared, like to get through the winter months in Alaska or anything, and everybody kind of pitched in and helped out. So there's a lot of camaraderie between the neighbors in this, which I really like, except you do have that one neighbor who's almost like a doomsday extremist. I would think you probably have a lot of those up there. Well, you probably have a lot of them, and they probably all are a little bit, but this guy is an extremist. He's very much staying off the grid. He doesn't like the tourists that come to town. He is, you know, he almost like almost has like a compound where he doesn't want people to like like his family and stuff. He doesn't even want them to leave like their their little compound. Well, Ernst being the way that he is and with the problems that he has from his post-traumatic stress syndrome plays into it a lot and becomes even more extreme than what this other guy is who lives in the neighborhood. And so he decides he's going to build a wall around their cabin and that 
nobody can leave the compound unless he's with them. So at this point, he becomes very, very controlling of the mom, Cora, and the girl, Lenny, his little girl. I would definitely say that um, this has domestic violence in it. Because Forget like I, it. I'm out. Like <laughs> I said, he's abusive. But it also touches on a lot of subjects like, like the help that the neighbors give him. And it also talks about like the guilt that Ernst feels after one of his episodes. Because it's kind of like when he's back into his right mind, he knows that it's wrong. And so he tries to apologize and he tries to live a better life for a while, but then it never lasts. And I mean, there's a whole lot more to the story to that, but I can't really get into it. I mean, he keeps on with his behavior. Something traumatic happens and the mom and the daughter have to go into hiding. And everybody in the town kind of helps them with going into hiding and then it kind of like fast forwards into when Lenny's an adult after being in hiding for all of these years. And then it comes to a conclusion after that. But yeah, it was really good. I I really enjoyed it. I didn't think that I would because I don't really enjoy domestic violence kind of situations, but it was still pretty interesting. And Kristen Hanna is a really good writer. I mean, she she has a really way of a good way of getting her point across and letting you feel what the characters are feeling. Even and I know I've said this before, but I like it when they try to go in and humanize the bad guy. Like let you feel what they feel, like the guilt that he felt after some of the things that he did. People have recommended this book to me so many times. It's not a Martha book. No, no, it is definitely not. not a Martha book. It is not. Definitely and not. And so I, I just can't find anything redeeming at all in, in the description. I just... Well, the so daughter that's why is I'm a bookworm. Yeah, be, the I'm daughter is very much like a bookworm. But the redeeming qualities of this book is the the reaching out of the neighbors and how everybody comes together to help everybody else out. And also, one of the things that this book does that I kind of appreciate is that it tries to explain a little bit of why the mom stays with, which her name is Cora, why Cora stays with Ernst after this uh, this abuse that, you know, happens and and everything else. And then Lenny, you know, slowly understanding the way that her mom feels and why it's so difficult for her because at first of course Lenny's like what the fuck why are we not just leaving right now but but then at the same time she wants to love her dad and she wants to believe that he's a good person even though he's kind of a shit I mean that goes to show how the military will get what they need out of you and then not take care of you afterwards because you yeah. know that there wasn't anything such as PTSD back then. I mean, I feel like had that happened in present time, he would have been semi-medicated. Right. They would have given him as, more help. Yeah. But after the Vietnam War back in 1974, when this happened, they didn't know that much about PTSD, <laughs> about post-traumatic stress syndrome. They didn't know that much about that. So 
They didn't give him any medication. They didn't give him any counseling. He didn't know how to deal with all of these feelings, especially with being a prisoner for war. And I'm talking about like years. I want to say that he was a prisoner of war for like six years. I can't remember exactly. It's been a, a month or so since I've read this book, but it was a long time that he was a prisoner of war. So just imagine that you're a prisoner of war and you're tortured for this many years and unable to go home and have no contact with the outside world. And then all of a sudden you're thrown back into your situation where you have to be an adult and have a job and take care of your family and all of this stuff. And you don't know how to deal with the feelings with the stress that you endured for all those years. So many people really liked this book. They really did. I mean, it is some really great writing and there's a lot of the characters that were just they're, they were awesome characters. Like, they're, uh, one of the characters, her name was Large Marge. She was freaking awesome. I loved Large Marge. She was great. But, um, you know, and then it's about, you know, Lenny growing up in this little tiny dinky town that even only had a one-room school where everybody went to school in the same room because there was not that many people in this town and, you know, how she still connected with some people and made friends and dealt with her situation and learned how to live off the land. I could never do it, but I have real respect for the people who actually can. And it was a, it was a good book. I enjoyed it. Awesome. And that was called The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. Yay! I know. You, I know you will not be reading it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Kayla, you, you I like probably it. like it. Oh, you I, have read it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was a great book. It's my turn. It's your turn. What do you got? I read Mrs. Everything by Jennifer Weiner or Weiner. I don't know how you say it. Yes. So I've had this book sitting on my shelf. I don't know, three, four months. I bought it when it first came out. But I've been on a kick of reading stories about sisters Mm. lately. So I picked it up because it's about sisters and the dynamics of their relationship and their family. Um, It's about Joe and Beth. They are about four or five years apart. Maybe not that, maybe not even that much. But it starts off when they're small in the 1950s and they are. Um, their parents are Jewish, so they're a Jewish family, and they move to a new house in Detroit. So it explores how Joe is a tomboy, and she wants to run around and play cowboys and Indians, and she doesn't want to wear dresses, and her mom thinks she's uncontrollable. She doesn't listen. They do not get along, so she's more of a daddy's girl. While Beth is the frilly, I'll be pretty, I'll sit and listen to what mom says, I'm not going to rock the boat. So as they get older, the relationship between the mom and Joe becomes more, they become more distant. Like she can't do anything right. Her mom thinks it's the end of the world. She just won't listen. She doesn't understand why she just won't sit down and be a normal girl. And at this time, Joe is starting to see that she is different, Mm -hmm. which is something not normal in the 1950s and 60s at that time and her sister is more following along the lines that she's supposed to so their their father dies when they're teenagers Mm. so he 
doesn't leave very much money behind, but they're not poor either. So their mom has to go back to work. She's been a stay-at-home mom this whole time. And so when she goes back to work, Beth starts um, babysitting—well, she's supposed to be babysitting for their uncle. Well, he is definitely not a nice man. Mm. And at this time, Joe has gone off to, like, summer camp or something with one of her her very best friends— and so Beth is actually having to deal with this on her own. She has she tries to go to her mother about it, but, you know, her mom's like, no, you know, whatever, because she's bringing in money. Mm. So um, the older they get, the the more Joe is, like, going off and doing her own thing, and Beth is feeling left at home and abandoned, and you start seeing their behaviors change places. So Joe kind of... Goes, she goes off to college. She kind of is settling down a bit. She wants to be a writer, um, but she ends up listening to her mom and decides to go to school to be a teacher. While Beth, who comes to visit Joe at college, decides this is a whole different world. I'm going to dive right in. And this is like the 1960s when it's hippies and, mm-hmm. you know, drugs Free and love. all that. So she goes off to left field, basically. So, um, the mom is still convinced that that's her good little girl, but she does start seeing that Beth is changing. So over the course of time, um, Beth does end up getting herself into a bit of trouble and Joe has to come and rescue her from this trouble because the mom doesn't is basically like, I can't do it. You have to come fix this. So as they get older, they um, their relationship takes a turn. They don't really speak to each other. Their mom speaks to one and not the other and so their mom gets sick and she doesn't really tell them about it until it's like the last Mm -hmm. minute so they have to end up dealing with that once they start dealing with that they still kind of bump heads because at this point joe has gone off and gotten married and she's having kids and beth is still gypsying around and you know she's living on this compound in georgia um so uh, Joe kind of falls into the family life where, you know, I'm going to move into an area where there's people like me where when she was younger, she was all, uh, you know, protesting for civil rights with some of her friends and, mm. you know, rocking the boat. But as she got older. She kind of fell into the I'm going to be compliant. I'm going to live this way because it seems to be better. Um, while Beth is like, nope. I'm not. I'm just going to do my own thing and whatever. And she tells Joe, you're not happy. You're not happy with the way you're living. I can tell you're miserable. I don't know why you just want to accept yourself. And, you know, and, you know, Joe's like, no, no, I'm happy. So as they get older um, and, the you know, Joe has her kids and Beth, she doesn't have any kids, but they the older they get, the more they grow back together. And so you, what I noticed is, as most sisters and family drama, like I like the dynamic change, how they were, they've always, they're always polar opposites, but mm-hmm. they changed ends of the spectrum through the years. Right. But I was glad that at the end, you know, they kind of were able to put their differences aside. Now I went into this book thinking it was kind of going to be a light read about sisters, but it was a lot heavier than what I expected. But, you know, I like books like that. So mm-hmm. I really enjoy I read it in two days. So... Um, and that was Mrs. Everything by Jennifer Weiner. Sounds good. You know, I like my book a little heavy. 
I do not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an escapist. I admit it. You do like the light. I do. I like something funny, like a tickle my funny boned kind of book. Or dark. Or dark, yes. If there's a little murder and mayhem, she's all about it. Oh, yeah. But if there's any kind of emotional... Forget it. I'm out. That's a lie because light from... The light from other stars? Yes, it had emotion in it, Martha. Yeah, it kind of did. That was a good book. Well, every once in a while she shows she throws us a curveball like A.K. Fickery. A.J. Fickery. A.J. Fickery. Which we are going to be, uh, which is our very first ever book club selection. Right. Which we will be doing in January. So that's something we can all get together and discuss. So if anyone would like to read that... Then we suggest that you get it as soon as possible so you have plenty of time to read it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a bunch of live stuff, though, coming up in 2020. We're going to do every other month. Right. And we're going to do a book club kind of thing where every we're going to discuss yeah. right, just one specific book after the actual podcast. Right. And so that's coming up on January 25th at Full Circle Books. In case you need to mark your calendars, you know, and get your, get your um, travel plans sorted. Yeah, I need to mark my calendar because that's the first time that I actually knew the date. <laughs> yeah. Mark your calendar. Sometimes we're just flying by the seat of our pants here. <laughs> Other times we actually have our shit together. Every once in a while. Sometimes. Yeah, I've got the entire year mapped out. Oh, well, I need so, a copy of that map. Yeah, remind me. I need to put that in my ways so that I know how my to ways. navigate. Because you know that my ducks are not in a row. Sometimes they're not even in the same pond. Well, mine aren't even in the, the same universe. <laughs> I the got ducks and geese. <laughs> Swans. What is it? got all kinds of feathered friends going on over there. <laughs> my ducks are from outer space. They might have some duck DNA in there, but what was that the, one book transformed. That, one book that you read that had like geckos and... It was lizards and something else, and I can't remember what the other thing was, but we were making oh, fun of you. Oh, lizards and hamsters? Hamsters, yes. Yeah. That lizards was, and hamsters. That was Columbus Day by Craig Allenson, awesome. which if you haven't read that one yet, you need to if you love, love science fiction, because it was fantastic. Whole series of them, there's like eight now. So today, we're going to Australia. Australia's good. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of snakes and weird spiders. Snakes and spiders, Yeah. Today I am reviewing a book called Boy Swallows Universe by Trent Dalton. Oh, you told me about this one. Yes, I love this book. In fact, it it has got to be up there with one of the best books I've read all year. It was really excellent. I'm pretty sure you told me that it was the next Goldfinch. It kind of is. It follows that same kind of, I don't know why I felt that vibe. Maybe because it's a 13-year-old boy. Is the main Mm. character. And does it like follow his life? Mm, Not all of it, but it it does follow a lot. Is it very science fiction y? No, there's not a bit of, well, fantasy. There's there's just a tiny bit of. Because I put it on hold and I I need to know what to expect. No, you'll like it. I will guarantee it. Okay. Knowing what you like, I think you'll really like it. Okay. Not often we come together with our likes. I know, but this one. This one is going to cross over to a lot of different genres, I think. Oh, that's good. Um, And the reason that I found it was because of Goodreads 
2019 Choice Awards. When I look at that, I think, gosh, dang, there are all of these debut novels listed on here, and I've only read two of them. What the hell? (laughs) Falling behind. So I went through, and I was kind of looking to see if any of them pushed a button for me, and I found this one. So it takes place in Brisbane. 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 In 1983. And it follows the life of a 13-year-old and a 14-year-old. Eli and August are the boys' names. One of the things I like the best about the book is the way that Eli, who's the main voice, his attitude is very, I don't know, almost matter-of-fact for a 13-year-old boy in his position for all the things that he goes through. He's not overly whiny or emotional about the fact that he's in this position that he's in. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like his attitude about it. He quotes his best friend, who's actually a grown man who's been in prison for murder and a bunch of other stuff. And that's his best friend. Yes, his best friend. And his babysitter, basically, because his mother and father are... Well, his mom is kind of a, I hate to say drug whore, but kind of. Um, And his stepdad is a heroin dealer. Good Lord. Yeah. So it's just interesting the life lessons that he gets from his best friend and the kind of ways in which this helps him to cope with all the stuff that's going on in his life. And he wants to be a reporter. And he falls in love with this reporter that he, that, whose byline he always reads in the newspaper called Caitlin Spies is her name. Hmm. And so he's always, you know, sort of talking about that. But the stuff that happens to him is just outrageous. Um, but like I said, his attitude about it isn't weird. I mean... His attitude is weird in that he's not really focusing on all the horrible things that are happening to him. Mm -hmm. That's not really why I liked the book, though. The book, it did have a little bit of um, um, almost paranormal Mm -hmm. spin to it in that his brother, August, could almost be categorized as a clairvoyant. And he behaves sort of like an autistic person would behave. He... He doesn't talk for the entire first part of the book. He's 14. Mm-hmm. Eli's 13. August is 14. And he speaks to his brother by writing words in the air. Wow. And he always writes these really weird phrases like, boy swallows universe. Or, your end is a dead blue wren, I think is one of the other phrases. So there's, it's almost like this clairvoyant type, you know, he'll tell his brother... It's all going to turn out okay. I've seen it. So there's there's that. There's the clairvoyant, his brother, sort of telling him that he's going to have a future through this. So all of the bad things that are happening to them and and all of the horrible... I mean, at one, at one point, he gets his finger cut off mm. by the kingpin who drags his stepfather away and his stepfather's never seen again. Golly. I mean, it's hor- the stuff that happens to this kid is horrible. Mm. It, it's kind of hard to even explain the story because it's just so... Without giving too much away? Well, the thing I liked about it is the layers. You know, I love a complicated book, and it is complicated in that 
buried underneath all of the stuff that's happening to him is actually a mystery. Hmm. So he's trying to solve a mystery sort of at the same time. He's trying to find out what happened to his stepfather, who he loved. He loved his stepfather, even though he was a heroin dealer. (laughs) You know, little boys. Yeah. Plus, it's, it's all about what you know as a child. You don't look at your childhood when it's happening and go, well, this isn't normal. Because you're a kid. You don't understand. Right. You know, it's, that is your normal. It's almost like he's not phased by it because he's in it. Because the, for him, it is normal. Right. And obviously, he, he loves the people that are in his life. He loves his buddy, Slim, who's the criminal, who gives him all this life advice. And he loves his stepfather, and those are the things that mean the most to him. And, as, you know, he loves his mom, too. She eventually gets out of prison. And then she goes with some abusive asshole. And all of this stuff happens to him in his life. It was an excellent book. I can't even really put my finger on what exactly I didn't like about it because I can't find anything. Wow. I really liked this book. I really think that for a debut novel, it's absolutely perfect. Now, I know people are going to disagree with me, and I just don't care. (laughs) I really liked it. I thought it was an excellent book. It had a little bit of all of the good things that I like about a book. It shows this young man who's overcome so many things to even grow up. Mm -hmm. And all of the bad people in his life, he takes something good away from that. Kind of reminds me of me when I was a kid. Because I didn't have the best, I didn't have the best childhood ever, but I did... I was able to overcome it and find some good things in my life. Maybe that's why I liked it. Well, I think one of the reasons why I like those kind of books and one of the reasons why I liked like this book and The Goldfinch so well is because there's these kids and all of this stuff is happening them around happening around them and they are just kind of like like unwanted passengers on this roller coaster that they can't get off because other people are dictating (laughs) how their life is going to be and how they grow and their reaction to these events is one of the things that's fascinating to me. So in a way, our books were very similar. Right. Because again, unwanted passenger on this roller coaster that she's on. Mm -hmm. And same with your, I think his, his attitude and the, and the clairvoyant angle for me is what is what really did it. It's right. it's what helped me to not focus on all the horrible things that were happening to him, mm-hmm. which is what for me makes a great book. Mm-hmm. Is that I can read about horrible stuff, but it's not the focus. No, right? No. What was it called? It was called Boy Swallows Universe. It was by Trent Dalton, who, by the way, I tweeted this book out, and he responded to me. Oh, did he? Yeah, That's he did. Awesome. He, he tweeted back and said, you know, thank you for loving my book, which I thought was fucking awesome. Woo! Yay. Thanks, Trent. Love your book, dude. I'd like to have a uh, first edition UK copy of it signed, please. <laughs> I'm about to start your book. Hopefully I'll love it, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I need somebody who's in the UK to send me a copy of that because I need to have the first, the first first of that one because this man is going to be famous. You think so? Yes. I absolutely am positive. Hmm. Can't wait for your follow-up, buddy. Come on, get with it. Awesome. All right. I've been waiting all week to talk about that book. I know you have. You already talked to me about it. I did. That's usually what happens when I get super excited about a book, because I just can't wait. The minute I finished that, baby, I was tweeting. 
Mm-hmm. And you know I don't like to tweet. I don't do it very often. I'm getting better. I still don't Instagram. Sorry, Kayla's giving me this side eye. She doesn't like that I don't Instagram. Oh, yeah. And um, you said somebody on Instagram asked a question about where in New York I grew up. Um, It's from Falana. She wants to know what town in upstate New York you were talking about. She's in Buffalo from Rochester, I'm assuming that means. Well, she's a librarian. Oh, awesome. Cool. So, Falana, I moved around a lot when I was little. I didn't stay in a town for more than a couple of years. But I lived in Mayville, New York, which is right off of Lake Chautauqua. I lived in Westfield, New York, Brockton, New York, Sherman, New York, Cory, Pennsylvania. Then I went back to Westfield, and then I moved to Midwest City, and that's where I graduated. Midwest City's in Oklahoma. Yeah, Midwest City, Oklahoma, on Tinker Air Force Base, and that's where I graduated. So that's all the towns that I lived in. Wow, that's a lot. I always thought you lived in Sherman, Texas. No, Sherman, New York. Oh. It's um, it's real near Lilydale. So Lilydale. Sherman is really oh, yeah, near yeah, yeah. Lilydale. And actually, one of the ladies that I used to babysit for is a fortune teller in Lilydale now. Cool. Yeah. My, her and my mom used to have seances. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I lived in all of those towns, and so generically, 60 miles south of Buffalo, 40 miles north of Pennsylvania, right on I-90 is where I grew up. Near Scott. Well, Scott is actually, I think Scott is, um, I think he might be north of Buffalo. Okay, Scott, we got to have, we got to hook up with all of these people, not hook up. Hook up, hook up, but swipe right, baby. We've actually had some. We've actually had some people request your Goodreads, Scott. So we need to try to get all of the people that have been on the show to kind of make a connection here because people want to talk to you about your books. We need to start a book community. We do. Maybe we'll do that on Facebook because it's easier. Even though Kayla's again giving me the Instagram stink eye over there. (laughs) All's fair. Back to Black Friday. Do you go in person or do you do it online? I'm going to do part online and part in person. I'm not going out in person. Black Friday, baby. Cyber Monday. I'm all about the Cyber Monday. I did Cyber Monday last year and I did great. So I have to do it either at 5 a.m. or 6 p.m. or when I go to lunch. 5 a.m. is the best time on Cyber Monday, though. Because then you get it out of the way and then you're happy all day long. Yeah, but then I have buyer's remorse and (laughs) then I look and think... Why the hell do I shop before I drink my coffee? <laughs> I don't need that. So happy Thanksgiving. So while you're Googling around to find you some good Cyber Monday deals, just pull us up on the podcast and listen while you shop. And go to Redbubble and get yourself Redbubble. some three book girl socks and a t-shirt and a hoodie and a bag and then you'll all be set. All your three book girls people will be shopped for. I need some three book girl socks. Yourself. You know, I love me some socks. I have a dog socks on today. I'll show you. It has a weenie dog in there. Oh. Bonnie's wearing a weenie. Okay. <laughs> On that note, that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.